All right. Dream analysis time. A uh, fine young lady has posted the following dream. Um, we shall call her... Gabrielle. A few nights ago I had this disturbing dream. I had not been sleeping well for three days and had woken up several times already that night. I fell asleep again around six o'clock in the morning and had this dream. I woke up in my room, though the room was different from how it is now. The room was clean and more or less what it was when I was about ten to thirteen years old. The only notable deviations from this were the glow-in-the-dark stars over my bed. I had brought them for my brother years ago, but he never used them. I finally put them up in my room just this year. Um, and one other change that I'll get to later. At the foot of my bed was my, ex- was my ex-boyfriend, Danny. Not his real name. I went out with him when I was 15. The relationship ended badly in the dream. He was just standing there, a blank look on his face. I told him to get out, but he didn't respond. I threw things, stuffed animals and pillows, at him, yelling at him to get out of my room, but there was no reaction. I get out of my bed and grabbed a toy gun off the top of my dresser, except in the dream it wasn't a toy. The toy gun is really my brother's, and it is currently located on the top of my dresser. It's an antique we bought two years ago, and it's the second deviation from my 10 to 13-year-old room. Pointing the gun at Danny, I told him to get out of my room or I'll kill him. When he just stood there, I shot him in the face six times. The gun is a pistol, not a revolver, so I'm sure. That's, uh, I'm not sure why six. He fell over straight backwards, and everything was messy and gory. Then I woke up. It was about 8 o'clock in the morning. Originally, I wasn't going to post this because I didn't want to talk about it, but I realized I wasn't thinking about it and trying to shove it to the back of the mind, so that's that. So then I asked her, what's uh, what's up in your life? Hmm, summer break, not so much. A lot of watching movies with the family. A board game party the day after the dream. Um, Dad left for a trip on that same day. A lot of grad parties last weekend. Went to my old crush's grad party last Monday. A rather strange sexual encounter on Monday as well. My friend told me on Monday Danny dropped out of college and has been here in the Twin Cities for months. Really busy Monday. Other than that, I've been hanging out at my house, reading and writing. I said, why did you want Danny to leave your room in the dream? Why did your relationship end in real life? And what happened on Monday? And uh, she wrote back, I'm afraid of Danny, not physically since I'm the stronger one, but emotionally I'm afraid he'll still be able to hurt me. I've told him before to stay away from me and my home. I'm very protective of my space. It was also about four in the morning in my dream, and I was totally naked. It was pretty scary. I hadn't really wanted to go out with him in the first place, but I did because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. He was very clingy, even talking about marriage. I tried to break up with him once, but he convinced me to stay because he would have been brokenhearted if I left him. One night, I was at his house. His mother was asleep upstairs. I agreed to have sex with him if he would get a condom from his room. Afraid he'd wake his mother up. He wouldn't, but he still wanted to have sex. I felt like I couldn't turn him down after originally agreeing, so I said nothing. Things are blurry after that. It wasn't exactly rape, but it wasn't exactly consensual either. I broke up with him a few days later. Uh, So, uh, there's more stuff here, um, which I'm not going to get into. Um, she's written more stuff, which I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into. But I, I, I think that I can talk a little bit about this uh, this situation and uh, and what I think the dream might be might be telling might be telling you. So let's let's have a look at the dream again. I woke up in the room. Though the room was different from how it is now. 
The room was clean, and more or less what it was when I was about 10 to 13 years old. The only notable deviations were this with the glow of the dark stars over my bed. I had brought them from my brother years ago, but he never used them. I finally put them up in my room just this year, and one other change I'll get to later. At the foot of my bed was my ex-boyfriend, Danny. I went out with him when I was 15. I, this is a couple of years ago. I don't know exactly. Graduation, 18, 17? Anyway. The relationship ended badly. In the course of the dream... Sorry, in the dream, he was just standing there, a blank look on his face. I told him to get out, but he didn't respond. I threw things, stuffed animals and pillows at him, yelling at him to get out of my room, but there was no reaction. I got out of my bed and grabbed a toy gun off the top of the dresser, except in the dream it wasn't a toy. The toy gun is really my brother's, and is currently located on the top of my dresser, an antique we bought two years ago, and is the second deviation from my 10 to 13 year old's room. All right, pointing the gun at Davies, I told him to get out of my room, or I'd kill him. When he just stood there, I shot him in the face six times. The gun is a pistol, not a revolver, so I'm not sure why six. He fell over straight backwards, and everything was messy and gory. Well, um, there's a clear issue of, uh, for me at least, there's a clear issue of boundaries in this dream. And I think that this is very telling as to why people end up with no boundaries, right? So, again, total theory, total projection. Let me know what you think. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, let me know. The reason that we end up with no boundaries is because we are punished. We are attacked for trying to establish boundaries, right? So if we have an invasive parent who just opens her door and walks into our room, even when we're doing embarrassing, naughty things to ourselves with cucumbers when we're teenagers, um, then clearly this is just a, it's an invasion. It's, it's a violation of... of privacy. And if we then attempt to establish any kinds of boundaries, like, please knock before you come in, or you get upset, the person doesn't say, oh, I'm so sorry, that was rude, I will absolutely knock right before I come in. What they do is they say, hey, there are no locked doors in this house, mister, there are no secrets in this family, oh, don't be so silly, oh, what's the big deal, what's the big problem, nothing I haven't seen before, blah, you're a teen, right, but there's never any, right, you're attacked for attempting to establish boundaries, right, so, so, the reason that we can't establish reasonable boundaries with the people around us is because we've been heavily punished for a boundary set for, for trying to establish boundaries when we're younger, right? So in the in the what is called the terrible twos or in the sort of toddler stage of development, we, we get a sense of self, we get a sense of other, we get a sense of property, we have object constancy, so we want to keep our toys, we don't want our toys to be snatched from us, we don't want our space to be invaded, we don't want to be picked up, we don't want to be dragged around, we're going through the basic layer or the basic phase, the, the, the sort of foundation of individuation, right? Self and other, and we need to have our property, which is our person, and the toys that we play with and so on, we need to have those protected according to rational standards. So there's a, um, a section in the, in the novel that I just published uh, the audio for, Almost, which... Uh, which has an adult doing exactly what was never done in my childhood, which is the t- you know, being rational and con- consistent in the realm of justice with a child, right? It was very moving for me to listen to that again because that's something that I missed terribly when I was a kid. So, so I'm guessing, young lady, that when you were younger, you were not allowed to have your own space. Right? You, you weren't, you, your space wasn't respected. So people impose themselves in terms of your your person, your, your and your mental and emotional space, right? In a separate thread, this lady talked about her father's irrational rage and his uh, verbal uh, abuse and, and throwing things and so on, right? Well, rage from a parent is incredibly invasive to a child's mental and emotional space, right? To their secure the security of their emotional mental space. 
And so you were not allowed to have your own standards, to establish your own standards. No consistent standards were applied to you, right? Because it's, it's a truism that when our own uh, boundaries are violated by our parents, if we ever try and do the same in reverse, we are attacked, right? So you have to get that rank hypocrisy that's at the core of these kinds of things. So this, I think, is where a lot of teenagers end up, and I think this is more true in some ways of women than of men. It's not a good thing to be a teenager, especially a teenage girl, and to not be able to say no. That's a highly dangerous environment. Sexuality is is very powerful. Uh, The pathologies that are associated with sexuality with certain types of personalities can be very dangerous and destructive. And as you say, you were terrified of this guy. And what happened? So, uh, I mean, it's heartbreaking to me. It really is heartbreaking to me the effects that these unbelievably ghastly parents have on these beautiful, beautiful children. So you're at this guy's house, his mom's upstairs, and you say, okay, we'll have sex. And uh, But you got to get a condom. He says, I can't get a condom. My mom's this, this, this. You have sex anyway, and it's not consensual. Right? You don't even have the right to say, no penis in me. Well, you don't feel that you have that right, and I'm sure that you were taught fundamentally that you don't have the right to that kind of basic personhood, which is absolutely heartbreaking and has put you in an enormously dangerous situation, right? This wasn't rape, but the next one might be. But let me tell you the realities of the situation, my young lady friend. The reality of the situation is you can say no anytime to sex, to anything. You can say no anytime. You can say no anytime. Uh, it's, it's funny because it is sort of related to the last one. People say, oh, Steph, it's an implicit obligation to people. Well, you know what? I can change those explicit obligations, implicit, explicit, whatever it is. I can choose not to pay people money, their money back. I can choose not to honor my commitments. I can choose to reject my promises. I can choose, I can choose, I can choose. Now, I choose the consequences as well, of course, and that's fine. You can say, yes, I want you, as the desert wants the rain, and then the guy is naked, and he's over you, and you suddenly change your mind, and you say, look, I'm really, really sorry. I know this is like bad timing and all, but I don't. I've realized I don't. Right, and yeah, if the guy gets angry, then that's... That, that is a risk you take, but you don't, you don't, you don't say yes to sex that you don't want. You don't, you just don't do that. You don't do that. You don't use your vagina as a shield, right? I think the reason that a, a gun that is a toy turns out to be something that is really dangerous and murderous is that sexuality, right? I mean, particularly for women, right? I mean, it's a very vulnerable situation. You have usually a bigger guy over you, you know, pounding away, his penis is in you, and it's it's a highly, highly vulnerable situation for a woman to be in. And you can't use that as a toy, right? That's a very powerful emotional experience. I don't care if, you know, (laughs) you think it's hip and cool, or, you know, you, you all have lipstick parties or whatever, but... 
sexuality is very core, very powerful experience, particularly more so for women, I think, than it's just biologically, right? So, if you can't say no to people, then you're going to bring people into your life who prefer people who don't say no. Right? This is very, very fundamental. If you don't say no to people, if you don't give yourself that permission and go through all of the emotional crap and pain that you have to go through to get your way through back to having a sense of boundary and personal space and, 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 and maintaining that, you will forever be inviting people into your life who violate boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, people will violate your boundaries. If you have boundaries, people won't. This is the amazing thing about psychology. If you are insecure, people will attack you. I mean, in general. I know I just said this last podcast, but in general. If you're insecure, then people will attack you. If you're not insecure, then people won't attack you. Internet's a little different because like, you know, everyone's got the, the web courage and all that, right? But I think this is a very fundamental thing to understand. A very, very fundamental thing to understand. That if you can get yourself through to the place where you can establish and maintain those personal boundaries around yourself, where you can uh, have people in your life who respect those personal boundaries, who have their own personal boundaries. As you say, this guy was desperately needy, talking about marriage and clingy and pathetic. And I mean, how sad and, and pathetic does a guy have to be to say, don't break up with me because I'll be sad, right? <laughs> I mean, that's negative economics, right? It's not that I have anything positive to offer you. It's just that I'll, I'll inflict my sadness on you. If you I mean, that's really sad, right? It's really pathetic. Right, and, and obviously, if you're dreaming about it, you deserve better. But you need to start, and again, you're still in school, or, or get a counselor, get a therapist, go talk to someone about boundary issues. You should not be in a situation, ever, where you have sex with a guy when you don't want him to, and it's a quasi-rape situation. That is brutal. And... I think that that's part of what the gun is, is that it's sort of a toy, but you're not using it, but it's actually not a toy, right? And that's sexuality itself. But, and uh, later in the post, it may be relevant, this is a penis with a vagina, like the gun barrel with the hole. Anyway, but the key thing is, the, the key, I think that the mystery the, the illusion, I think, that people have, and there's no reason why you wouldn't have this illusion. Maybe you don't. That's just my thought. People think, well, the only way for me to establish boundaries with people in my life is to get really angry, right? Because i got all these clingy, dependent, invasive people, and the only way is like pushing back a tide with your bare hands. You know, it's exhausting. It's perpetual. Nobody wants to get involved in it, right? So when you're involved with a family that is invasive and destructive in these kinds of ways then what happens is uh, you you know it is such a perpetual battle to keep and maintain boundaries with invasive and empty and and voided people false self people right who don't respect boundaries right it, it, it's like it's like taking a bath with a squid and trying to keep it off you right it's just slithering and grabbing and snaking and it's exhausting. And so you're like, oh, fuck it. Just do to the squid, you know, tentacle me, whatever you want to do. Like, I can't keep this up forever. But it's an illusion. It's an illusion. When you have boundaries in your life, 
right? The empty people who don't respect boundaries, they sense it and they stay away from you. Right? Virtue is the shield, right? And self-esteem is the human shield. Integrity is the human shield. So the option in life is not to is not sort of either A, just give in to people because otherwise they'll get mad, or B, to shoot them in the face six times if they won't listen to you. Right? Because you're saying to this guy, quite reasonably so, get out of my room. I'm naked. I'm scared. You're not giving me any response here. This is unnerving. Right? So you're attempting to establish boundaries. But of course, he's already violated those boundaries by being in your room at night. Right? So you're situation here, which I think is being is just starting to be highlighted by your unconscious, which I think is fantastic, is is that you're saying, oh great, so my option is to either get engaged in these horrible quasi-rape situations where I think that I have to honor some obligation I made to a guy, even though he's not honoring his obligation to me to go get a condom. I have to, like, I either have to acquiesce to people or I have to get explosively and murderously angry at them. Right? Those are the only two possibilities. And, of course, you are explosively and murderously angry at your parents for violating your boundaries and for not launching you into sexual maturity without self-protection. Right? It's, it's unbelievably horrible to launch, especially women, but boys too, men too, to launch them into sexual maturity, which is going to happen inevitably, according to nature, without uh, basic self-protection. Right, that that just means, well, I can't abuse you as much anymore because you can leave the house, but don't worry. I've outsourced the abuse to everyone you're going to come in contact with now from a romantic or sexual standpoint. Right, that's that's the horror of this kind of situation. But I'm telling you, there's, there's a, another road. <laughs> there's a third way other than compliance or rage, which is assertion, assertiveness. And there's lots of ways that you can get trained on assertiveness to avoid falling into the false dichotomies of compliance or rage. Because you don't want to be screaming at people your whole life to hold them at bay to to sort of keep the squid off your body in the, in this in the in the bath, right? You want to you want to not have to deal with this issue. You want to have people around you who respect you, who don't violate your boundaries, who don't you know let you violate their boundaries and and so on. But you need to make that transition right out of this underworld of people whose personal sense of identity is sort of like a swirl of fog in a cloud of mist. And you need to get yourself more trained in your expectations, right, around people, uh, and and in what uh, what you um, what you will uh, what you will bring to the relationship as well. And this is particularly urgent because, of course, of your your sexual life, right? I mean, the fact that you are a sexually active uh, woman uh, it means that you you better get this stuff down like relatively quickly. And I would sort of, you know, if I were you, uh, pretty much don't. Uh, certainly don't use your vagina as, as recreation, right? I mean, that that's not a good idea. And I know this sounds prudish, and I know this sounds square and so on, but but just don't. I mean, don't. It's not a toy, right? It's not a toy. I mean, it is a sacred channel in a way, right? It is the unity of, of, of lovers. And it should be, as we talked about, exclusive, right, with the polyamorous debate. And it should be exclusive, and it should be uh, intimate, and it should be, you know, you <laughs> give it up for virtue, right? I mean, <laughs> give it up for virtue. Don't hand out your Gucci like Halloween candy, right? I mean, that's not going to make you happy. Uh, it is going to cheapen the, the wonder and the beauty and the joy of intimate sex, 
and uh, it, it's only that way for you because of, of this horrendous family situation that you've had where you've never been able to have an effect on the world around you, where you're at the whim of others, where other people overpower you with rage and manipulation, and you, you, your only response is either to get really angry back and scream and throw things or to simply comply, and in real life you complied, in the dream you're shooting people. There is a third way which is, you know, go to a counselor, get some books on assertiveness, and make a commitment, right? Make a commitment to only uh, deal with people who uh, treat you with uh, respect, to only deal with people who uh, bring positive things, really genuinely, not like the relief of loneliness or whatever, scratch the orgasmic itch or whatever, but real uh, value and virtue to your life and and real joy to your life, who make you feel stronger, who make you feel better, who make you feel... uh, energized and and like you know the world is your oyster and anything is possible not the people who sort of drag you down with guilt and obligation and emptiness and and compliance and you know sexual predation of the kind that you experience there is another way but but it is going to require that you confront the uh destructive abuse that you suffered at the hands of your family that you train yourself on techniques some of which are somewhat technical in terms of assertiveness uh but most most fundamentally you just raise your expectations and don't don't settle for this kind of nonsense. I hope that this helps. Let me know what you think. And I look forward to everyone's donations. Thank you so much.